This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. What's happening, you guys? Welcome back to the Tuesday tune-up on the Let's Go Win Podcast, where we are here to help you be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Now, the lady, the beautiful woman I'm going to bring on today, she educates me every time I talk to her. She let me know that this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. Now, as she said, that really should be every single month, but I didn't realize that. And as much as I am passionate about mental health, I'm excited to definitely dive into this idea and so much of what she brings to the world. Hillary Russo is a renowned health coach known as the Holistically Speaking Health Coach. She is among the first 150 certified havening techniques practitioners in the United States and has worked extensively with various high-profile individuals, including children, C-suite executives, Grammy Award singers, military personnel, and media professionals. Hillary is nationally recognized for her expertise in holistic health and known for her hug it out system. Hillary, what's up? What is going on, Mr. J M? <laughs> I'm just blessed. Good? I am blessed to talk to you. Every time I do, you lift me up, which I say very often people either lift you up or they bring you down. And you definitely lift people up. Now it's a compliment. The holistic side of health, I love that. And then I'm so curious to hear about the hug it out system. But holistic, I want to start there because so often healthcare, and I'm using air quotes, it's not exactly dealing with let's fix the problem. It's more like let's put a Band-Aid on it. So when you say holistic, that makes me excited to say like, hey, let's really get down to the root of what's happening mm -hmm. so we can have some sweeping transformational change. So I'll, I'll put that out there and talk to me about what you're doing, hug it out system, all this amazing stuff. Yeah, great. Thank you for the space to share. Well, holistic, as you know, means the whole body. It's it's mind, body, it's spirit, it's everything. You know, it's not just what we put in our bodies, what we eat. It's not just working out. It really is the whole body approach. And it's also your surroundings, right? So it's everything around you. What kind of environment do you allow around you? And if you're not really thinking about that, you're really not living holistically. You're, li you're living portionally holistically. But the Hug It Out program is something I came up with, which it embodies that because the first person you need to really be in touch with is yourself. The first person you need to think about the healing, the understanding and the gratitude, H-U-G, that's your hug, is hugging it out. And, you know, when you think about it, like, you're an athlete, you're a former athlete, you know about this. And when people get into a kerfuffle, when they get upset about something, there's some third party that comes along and will go, oh, why don't you guys just hug it out? Like get over it or not even get over it. Just like make amends, get, get through this. You, you don't have to agree. You can disagree, but just get through it. Well, if we're not doing that with ourselves, Jam, what are we doing? We're not being kind to ourselves. We're not being kind to the mind. We're not making amends with our own mind. And how can you possibly show up for others if you're not showing up for yourself? So that's where I came up with the Hug It Out Theory, this signature program that allows you to incorporate the self-healing, because we all are on this work in progress healing journey, the understanding of who we are and how we want to show up in the world, and having gratitude. And that means appreciation for yourself as well as others, and doing it with intention. And when we do that, 
that is when we can really show up for others because we are truly embodying who we are holistically, holistically speaking. Yeah. I, the hug. Now it makes sense. You said it's a little bit more than that off air. And I'm like, I'm sure it is the idea that, look, it does start with you. I, I talk about this frequently. And one of the things that comes out of my coaching that I never expected is how often my clients will actually find their true love. Like the relationships get better because we're spending time on them first. Right. And I guess the simplistic idea is look, you can't love someone else until you truly love yourself. It just doesn't work. So talk to me about the healing side of things. When you say healing, I'm thinking, okay, broken bone or trauma. So how do we figure out what the heck is really going on so we can start to heal so we can have these fulfilling relationships? That's a really great question because trauma seems to be one of those buzzwords that is used a lot right now, especially in social media, everyone's talking about trauma. Everyone thinks they've gone through trauma. And I don't not discredit people who are feeling some sense of upset in their lives because you have the big T's and the little T's. I'm a trauma-informed practitioner. I work in the trauma space. I understand what this means, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go through a trauma in order to still work on yourself and get better. Many of us have been through some kind of trauma, whether it's primary or secondary. And the primary trauma means that you actually witnessed something that was extremely difficult that, that really impacted you in a negative way. A secondary trauma is like, we've all experienced that. That basically, you could be watching TV and seeing what we went through with the pandemic and seeing this, this, this devastation and the loss, and that can affect you as secondary trauma. As a journalist, you know, my, I have 30 years as a journalist. I was on air during 9-11. I experienced secondary trauma every day from watching all those news feeds and having to look through sound bites and listen to stories from other people. And now as a practitioner, I still deal with secondary trauma because I'm hearing other people's stories every day. So for something to actually be a trauma, there have to be four things present. For it to be trauma encoded in your brain, you have to have an event that takes place. There has to be a meaning to it. There has to be a feeling of, there has to be a landscape to it, meaning that you don't know if it happened then or now because your brain has no clue if you just got into a car accident right now or if you pass through that intersection 10 times a day and you get clammy hands and your heart starts racing, your brain doesn't know. That's the landscape. And there has to be a feeling of inescapability, right? That's trauma encoding. So we all deal with it in some type of way. And for me, when, I, when I'm talking about healing, because we're all on this healing journey in some way, you know, whether it's the little T's or the big T's, what you need to do first is be able to self-regulate. And self-regulation is extremely important. We're seeing this more in schools now, thankfully. It's not just go to detention or you're grounded and go to your room. It's more of, let me give you the tools to be mindful, how to understand your thoughts and be and be able to process your feelings and emotions. We didn't grow up in that kind of age, right? But we're seeing that more now. And what I do at the healing in the healing arts, I work in complementary alternative medicine. I'm a holistic practitioner of havening techniques, which and and hypnotherapy, which is havening is a psychosensory approach, meaning that it uses touch and positive thoughts, positive thoughts, pleasant pleasant distractions. We call it CPR for the amygdala because the amygdala loves to go to fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, right? And what you're doing in this moment when you bring together the havening touch, which is like you're washing your hands or giving yourself a hug 
hugging it out, or you are gently touching your face, these three havening touch approaches, which can be done independently or together, with those positive thoughts and pleasant distractions, rewires your brain rapidly and many times permanently. Now, I have clients come to me one time on some issue and they do not see it the same way ever again. It impacts them differently because you're rewiring the brain. And from that, you release the oxytocin, which is the love hormone, similar to what you get when you hug. You release serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. These are all those happy hormones that allow you to take a step back and kind of find your calm. And from that, you put your brain in what they call a delta wave state, which is sleep state. You're not physically sleeping, but you're in the parasympathetic nervous system. And when you're there, you're able to turn that chaos into calm because you can't find the calm in the chaos. So these are self-regulating tools that I use within my Hug It Out program, being certified. I'm one of the first 150 in the U.S. certified in Havening and 500 in the world. There's not that many of us. And I work closely with the Havening group and the founding doctors. In fact, I'm speaking at the Global Havening Conference in Dublin in, um, in June. So I'm excited about that. But these are all things that you can do yourself. And the more you put in your own toolbox, your candy jar, your brain candy jar, as I call it, the more you're able to self-regulate and self-empower yourself, whether it's home or work, you know? Yeah, I, I guess my thought, you said something I was fascinating. You said your brain doesn't know whether it happened right now, mm -hmm. a month ago, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, you also said through the havening techniques, we're literally rewiring. That's my speak. I'm not, I'm not saying that's academically correct but you're literally rewiring some of these synapses, neurons, something is happening where this is making a physical shift. Mm -hmm. And I, I say this to bring up, especially again, we'll use the word trauma because this is like you said, kind of the, the buzzword. Mm -hmm. um, your brain doesn't know whether it happened when you're five or just last that's week. That's right. And so that's problematic, right? If we don't even know what we're dealing with, but this idea that through touch, we can literally rewire. That is fascinating. I don't know much about Haven. I really don't. I know very basic rudimentary stuff, but how does that make that change? Why is it physical touch that's creating some of this change? I'm, I'm just, I want to understand. Sure. So as I mentioned, we, we have a tendency to call this CPR for the amygdala because your, your amygdala is the fight flight, freeze, or fawn. We call her Amy in this world. So when you think about it like this, when you feel like you're in danger, when you feel like you are stressed or overwhelmed or dealing with chronic pain or can't sleep, all of these feelings create, they create these emotions and these thoughts in your head, right? We, so you have the ability to change your thoughts, moods, behaviors, and habits by simply doing this technique because what you're doing is a really great way to describe it, and I love using this, this um, example, if you were in a fender bender, if you got into a fender bender at the street outside, right? And every time you pass that fender bender, what happens to you? Like your heart starts racing, your hands get clammy. You're like, get me the heck out of danger. That's your amygdala. Like get me away from the saber toothed tiger, right? But what havening does, it's almost like, remember the old Jack in the boxes, the play yeah. pop goes the weasel. You know what happens every time you turn that stupid handle, right? That the door opens, Jack, Jack pops out, and you kind of jump back regardless of knowing 
that that happens every time you do it, right? Whether it happened at five years old or 50 years old, no matter what, you still jump back. That's just our, that's our safety mechanism, right? Havening is like the wire cutters Mm. that goes right through that little coil that Jack's head is on. Because the next time you open that, it doesn't mean that the thing that upset you didn't happen. It just means you're relating to it differently. So in that, it's changing the brain, right? And that that's the easiest way that I love to share that with you because Jack's going to pop open, that door's going to open, that box. He's going to be in there, but you're going to be impacted differently. And that's the beauty of this work because it 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 brings you down. It allows you to self-regulate. So whether it is a difficult decision you're making at work, whether you're overwhelmed about family or personal life, you're getting ready to speak in front of people or take a test. I mean, this is what I deal with with my clients, right? The the C-suite execs that are trying to make that next step in their work and are blocked by something. What is that block, right? The Metropolitan opera singer that had a fear of getting back on stage because something happened to her on that stage that caused the fear, right? Whatever it might be, or kids taking tests right now, because that's what we're seeing. So I get a lot of the, the teenagers right now. Whatever your upset is, you have the ability to change the brain. And we're learning so much more about that. And that's just the beauty of this gorgeous muscle that sits in the, well, it's not even a muscle, this gorgeous thing that sits in our head that we have the ability to really work with and build a relationship with, right? No matter what it is. I mean, that's amazing because every time, let's say it's, I don't know, some really tough relationship with mom. Mm -hmm. And every time we see mom, whoop, immediately we go flood back with all these emotions and all this stuff comes Mm -hmm. up to have an actual technique, tactic, uh, strategy to say, okay, now when I see mom, I'm rewiring. I just want to simplify it. I really want people to understand that. Like that's fantastic. So what you can do in that moment is if you have a, a relationship that's causing difficulty in your life, and I see this a lot, uh, you step back and you realize it, first of all, it's not a, it's not there are a number of different ways to do it. Havening has a number of, uh, different, approaches under the umbrella. In that moment, it's you empowering yourself and sitting back saying, I'm safe. I am I am going to have a good conversation with her and all is well and everything's happening for the highest good. And maybe just in that moment before you even met with mom or you meet with mom, maybe you just sit back and try to create a scenario in that pleasant distraction of if you've had good times with mom, think about that Mm. or empower yourself and take yourself to a place that brings you joy. Because then what you're doing is you're disconnecting from that upset, disconnecting from the last time mom kind of got a little bit under your skin, right? And also seeing the person as they are right? Seeing them as like a little kid that is scared, right? If we're able to do that and see the inner child that exists within even our own parents, it creates a really beautiful relationship. And I will say from experience, I've done that. And it opens up a whole new line of dialogue. It allows you to have more compassion because again, it goes back to you having that, that understanding and gratitude for yourself. And then when you do that, you have much more space to share that with other people. No, I think yeah. it's amazing because obviously it, not a week goes by that you don't hear somebody talking about a personal relationship, that something happened 
And somehow we're stuck in this mode of literally going through all the same emotions that happened whenever it started to happen 20 years ago Mm -hmm. to have a tool. I think that's fantastic. I I do want to get into, because we talk about gratitude often on the show. It's Mm -hmm. obviously something that I am extremely, I practice it all the time. It's the first thing I do before I get out of bed. However, specific with your system, Mm -hmm. and I know I skipped understanding and we can get back to that, but I'm just curious, what does that look like within your system? Is it a simple practice of having an attitude of gratitude, having a gratitude Mm -hmm. practice, or is there more to it that, that you're incorporating? There is more to it, but I think the fact that you get up and you do not put your feet on the floor until you do your gratitude moments, you're my people because I I encourage my own clients to do that every day. There's actually studies that show that if you spend the first two minutes of your day in gratitude before your feet even hit the floor and you do that for two minutes compared to grabbing this thing or turning on the TV or jumping out of bed for three minutes, you have a 27% more likelihood of having a good day six to eight hours later. And that's based on a Harvard research review study. So the more gratitude you begin at the beginning of your day, the more likely it's going to roll into a good day later. I mean, you've had these moments where Ah, it's a really, you know, you get up on the wrong side of the bed, quote unquote, and then it just starts to unravel. You get a speeding ticket, uh, you know, you stub your toe, some call just irritates you. Look, that's all the energy, right? And I don't mean to be woo-woo. And and havening itself is based on neuroscience. And I, I work in the neuroscience field, but even within neuroscience is energy. So if you're putting out those negative thoughts, what do you think is going to come back? Right. A hundred percent. You, right? you're not, it's not woo woo. Look, anybody that thinks energy is woo woo, just go pick up any science book. It's, it is science. That It's yeah. a fact. So my so question, I, and if I cut you off, I apologize, yeah, but no my thoughts and what I really want people to hear, because I know they've heard it before. Is there really a way that you can mess up having gratitude, being grateful. So for instance, I used to always make sure I was saying three different things every single morning. And I'm saying the same thing every single morning because it feels so goddamn good. I mean, it just feels great. So is there suggestions because you do know the neuroscience background, you do have some of these studies at your beck and call. So any suggestions for the audience on how to go about this gratitude practice? Look, I think you just nailed it, JM. If it brings you joy, if it makes you happy, if it feels good, you're doing it right. Simple. If if your thought process is, I'm going to keep repeating this statement over and over, and that feels good, keep doing it. Add more. There's no wrong or right when it comes to being an appreciation and gratitude, except if you're not doing it right? So the best thing you can possibly do, if it's a struggle, if you've never done it before, sometimes I encourage my clients, like, write it down. It can be the little things. And by the way, I didn't do this at the beginning of this chat with you, but I always do this. And my clients know this, my friends know this, family know this. The first question I ask people usually is what's new and good. And there's a reason for that. Because when you ask people, how are you? When you ask people, what's up? A lot of times you get that same answer. Oh, nothing. Oh, everything's cool. Nothing really. There's always something going on and there's never nothing. And so if you just start a simple question 
uh, when you approach somebody or even yourself, ask yourself the question, what's new and good? It could be, you know, here's two really good new things happening today when I wake up. I'm able to see and I have two feet that are put my feet on the floor or whatever it might be. It could be you had the best cup of coffee. It could be that the kids were laughing and it made you laugh. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It just gets you in the momentum of gratitude. And from that, it just starts like it's like a ball rolling downhill. I love that. It's such a simple change. Just that's that word. Saying what's good or what's what's new and good, that's adding even more to say, hey, this is what's new in my life. I'm excited about it. I want to tell you about it versus how you doing, which everybody says, yeah, I'm fine because they don't think of it. I love that. It's also a communication skill, right? I mean, being a journalist for so long before I even got into the health and wellness and the field and working in neuroscience as a practitioner it also just opens the line of communication with a different kind of conversation where you won't get the, oh, everything's fine. Everything's good. You're letting that person know with intention that you actually are interested in what's new and good in their life. And then you're creating a different kind of energy. Then you're, you're instantly going to get somebody that you are sharing, that they're sharing with you something. You're getting good energy from it. Like my students at, I'm a college professor as well. And that's a tough age to deal with, as you know, as a dad, is is getting kids to talk, right? But when you give them something exciting to talk about themselves, they will share something. And it could be like, what was the best baseball game you had today or tennis match? Because I know you love tennis or whatever it might be. Just give them something to encourage them to feel good about who they are. And you in turn feel good by being the catalyst for sharing that. I love it. There's so much positive psychology that you're applying here. I'm looking at the clock. I can't believe how fast this has gone. (laughs) What didn't I know enough to ask you that you're like, Jam, we need to share this with the audience before we start to wrap up. Well, look, I can't, I can't stress it enough. And I think this should be every month, but as you mentioned, May is mental health awareness month. And there are a lot of people out there that might not be familiar with what Havening Techniques is, which is this neuroscience approach we were talking about. So as my gift to folks so that they can learn more about it, I'm sharing an introductory session so people can get an idea of what it is and experience it. Whether you have problems sleeping, whether you're dealing with chronic pain, whether you're having problems moving your business to the next step, performance, personal, professional, whatever it might be, there is no type of person that can't benefit from learning havening and putting it in their brain candy jar and using it whenever they need it, if they want to. And the beauty of this work is it can be self-applied as well as working with a practitioner like myself for the deeper rooted things. You never want to do trauma work on your own. So I'm inviting your your listeners and your watchers in to set up that call. And I'm sure it will share a link to the Hug It Out um, complimentary session to just test it out with me. You know, share that one thing that's been on your mind that you would like to get rid of and we'll work through it. Simple. That's uh, amazing. And thank you guys. take advantage of it because she gave you so many amazing tips already. Imagine having one-on-one time with her where she can actually take you through these strategies. Hillary, where can people connect with you online? Best place to find out what you're doing with Havening, what the Hug It Out system. Is there a, a website, a social media? What's, what's the best spot for you? Sure. HillaryRusso.com with one L. 
H-I-L-A-R-Y-R-U-S-S-O. If you're interested in the havening, just put slash havening after that haven, like a safe place. That's what it means. And then of course, you know, tune into holistically speaking, which is my podcast, which drops every week, which you're going to be a guest on. And I'm very excited about that. And uh, yeah, that's trauma to triumph stories through health, healing and humor. And I'm really proud of it. We're coming into our third year and it's doing really well. Yeah, it's an awesome show. She's an amazing host. I appreciate that. I don't know if you're a better guest or host. You, you, (laughs) you are equally skilled. So uh, thank you so much. Honestly, I, I, you know, that. you meet people in life and you're like, yep, they're going to be in my circle and we're going to hang and they make you feel better. I told you that you make me feel better every time I talk to you. So thank you for doing that for the audience and coming on today. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Likewise. You guys, it's mental health awareness month and you know, I'm passionate about this. You guys know my story with my dad. You know how important this is to me. Please, please share this with someone you know that can use some of these techniques. This is universally universally applicable, what she's talking about, these havening techniques. I'm going to dive in deeper. I want you to as well. Please go check her out. Until next time, remember your mindset matters. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can, and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to letsgowinpodcast.com for information on my coaching courses, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. 